<laughs> right, welcome to From the Rook End. Uh, my name's John. Uh, with me uh, this evening is uh, Jason. Hello there. And uh, Michael. I don't like not being at Watford Games. <laughs> so far, this is one I think has made a decent choice to stay in uh, Hertfordshire instead of being Lancashire. But uh, there you go. Yeah, um, hi. Hello. Uh, we're doing a Facebook Periscope uh, live as we record the podcast. Your Periscope, your Facebook, and the podcast is over there. Um, and uh, the half time has just start, uh, started. Uh, and the first half of Watford away to Burnley has uh, come to an end. And so far, half time is markedly better than the first <laughs> half, I think it's fair to say. Um, Jason, what's going on? We're not keeping hold of the ball for starters, I think. We, our, our passing, when we've got it, has been a bit slack. They're putting us under a lot of pressure and we don't seem to be able to cope with it. We, we're getting frustrated, uh, we're getting flummoxed. Um, we've seen Holobas and Pereira get booked for having a go at the ref slash linesman slash assistant referee, whatever mm. you want to call them, uh, which is silly yellow cards. Um, That's exactly what we were worried about going into the game with Burnley, wasn't it? That how are these players going to perform? A when when it's a, a, a lesser a perceived lesser team, and B if it's not going as well against that perceived lesser team and. I think those if if you're two players are going to talk themselves into a booking in a in a neat, in a game where things aren't going for you, it, it was those two. Um, you know, frustrating, isn't it? The the bit though, I think I said last week, not that I was expecting it, but I didn't want Watford to come across as arrogant, as in, oh, we beat Manchester United, so of course we're going to beat Burnley. Don't feel that. I think Burnley are the ones. A Burnley on their A game. It feels like they're suffocating us. It feels like we can't get hold of the ball at all in midfield. Mm. I mean, sort of in the the build-up, you think they usually play sort of four, five, one, and they're going to be sort of pumping balls forward to that to that striker. But it's not been the hasn't been the case, has it? They've flooded midfield really, and they've pressed. They've been spent the whole time pushing Watford back, and we we haven't been able to a clear it out of defence. When we have managed to get it into the midfield, uh, we've been too rushed, and we haven't been able to to break through at all. It's been um, it's been difficult watching, but I think we knew. It'd be very naive if we thought that we were just going to come and play our way straight through Burnley. This is a game that we've said for a couple of weeks they will have identified as something... They will expect three points from it. They will need three points from it. When the fixtures came out, they were like, right, Watford at home, we've got to win that one. John, you said Burnley bought their A game. To be honest, I don't think they've had to. They haven't Mm, looked overly impressive. They've looked better than us and that's it. it. And it's not been great. Nothing stuck to Igalo. I think every time he's got the ball, it's pinged off him. Barami's passing has been... A bit loose, a bit slack, um, and they've not been any worse than the rest of the team. I think it's not just not been good. I think like a, a good half-time chat was needed after about ten minutes. Um, so we're going to keep uh, keep live on Periscope, Facebook, uh, whilst recording the podcast, um, and uh, get involved. Uh, Alice, this is rubbish. She says. Yeah, a little bit, Alice. I'm not going to disagree with you. Except... What, our thing or the game? <laughs> no, no. Oh, yeah, which one, Alice? Um, it's fair, fair. <laughs> it felt a little bit like. The first half an hour at West Ham where things just weren't quite falling and you were looking for some of the bigger players for a reaction and, Look at Mike. and it hasn't happened. He's trying to be pessimistic there, <laughs> but actually, because he brought up West Ham, he knows things can turn around. Get, don't get me, no, I'm very pessimistic. <laughs> no. It's, it's like Monday you. night and we're losing at home, we're losing to Burnley. It's like... It's a game of two halves. It's been a Watford support and that's what this is. Um, right, first question, playing against um, uh, Burnley with uh, Sean Dyche as manager. Yeah. Quick question. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, what team was his last game? Did Watford play in his last game in charge? B, who was his starting eleven? Cool, blimey! So in goal, Jason. Who was in goal? Uh, in goal would have been. 
Thomas Couchet. Uh, <laughs> no. Steve Sherman? Richard Lee. No. Loach? Loach, yeah. Oh. In defence. Doyley? Yeah. Nozza? Nozza. Hodson? No. Oh, this is really difficult. First <laughs> on the spot, I'm looking to uh, looking to Facebook and uh, Periscope for help here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Doyley, Nozza, Martin Taylor. Go on, John. Put us out of emergency. Uh, Hoban was Tommy. Was Tommy playing? No. Uh, who's the midfield? I'll, I'll get. There's like ten bonus points. Yates. Yates. Gobby. Kitely. No. No. Oh, Can't do it for my Christmas. Yates. Sean Murray. Yes. Okay. Mike, your favourite. Uh, Eustace. Eustace. <laughs> Johnny Hogg. Yes. Um, and, um, and royalty. We've already said Eustace. No. Uh, and this shows how far we've come. Troy Deeney. No, he was up front. Um, royalty. No. Oh, Prince Boabin. Prince Boabin was in there. And the were up front. Um, which really does show how far we've come um, since, since Sean left. Um, Mike, you wrote a piece um, on ESPN FC about Sean. Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. We didn't go for the last who it was. I'm, was it Middlesbrough at home? It was. And the score? 2 0. No, 2 1. Oh, 2 1. 28th of April. Oh, they got late, late goal, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Stato. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to outstat you, Jace. Um, so it's, it, things have changed quite a, a dramatically, Mike, um, since Sean left. Yeah. Um, we're not going to try and do a conversation saying, should he have stayed? Totally not. He wasn't the right man for what's happened he since. He didn't want it as well. Yeah. He didn't want it. He didn't want to be the head coach where other people were making the signings. I think, yeah, he, he didn't want it. Is there anything you're jealous of, Burnley? Though I think they'll sass Sean. I know what you mean. I'm certainly not jealous of Burnley. What I would say is that I think if the Pozzo family hadn't taken over Watford, and I said this in this in this little piece I wrote, we'd be looking at Burnley thinking we should be able to do that. Can we maybe one day emulate them? Relatively small ground, relatively small fan base, relatively modest um, finances, um, attracting decent sort of high-end championship players and, and moulding them into something that can that can challenge. So I think if we hadn't had the takeover, that's this is exactly the model we, we'd be looking at. Not jealous, but I know what you mean, because what you think is some, you know, there's some local lads, some homegrown players, uh, players that have been there for a long time. Sean Dice has been there for a long time. So a bit of stability and a perhaps, dare I say, a bit of identity. Mm. Um, so, yeah, but let's, despite what's happening on the pitch today... I think Watford are, as a club, streets ahead from Burnley at the moment. Mm. Um, that may mm. well change. They're, they're in the Premier League now. If they can stay, they can obviously spend the money and, and attract players. But I think Watford are street miles ahead of them in, in terms of where we are as a club and where the owners, owners want them to be. Um, our investment um, opportunities, the sort of players we can attract. London, I think, is a is a is a is a thing. People will start. To, people are starting to get wise to the Potsos, Understand that what they're going for is. Stay in the Premier League, established in the Premier League, Europe. I'm going to say it. That's what they want, and that's what they expect from this football club eventually. And I think that will filter through to players, and will be an easier sell. Um, does it make it harder? Will players want more money from us? Yeah, I think it, there is going to be difficulty attracting the right players to the right money. But am I jealous of Burnley? Absolutely not. Do I wish we were winning one 0 Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still time for a comeback, Jace. Because there's that sort of. Um, it feels like retro Watford, not just because of Sean. But because of the, the makeup of, of the team, as Mike was saying about the identity, um, you jealous of anything? No, I, don't, I, I think exactly the same as. Not been, you know, same as, as well. I'm say not, younger players, but more British players. I was, I was surprised no, to find out that Watford got the oldest average, either squad or Premier League or side that played at the last weekend. It was the oldest average player age, about twenty eight, I think. 
Really? Yeah, so I thought it was quite interesting. Very unlike Watford, certainly, of the yeah. last decade. Go- Gomez probably accounts for half of that. He's not that old, Jason. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's all right. Um, yeah. That's all right. Um, but to be <laughs> honest, I didn't have much to add. <laughs> 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 so you probably saved me there. Came to rescue, um, yeah. I don't know. The, the, again, you sort of say the, 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 the British players, um, not that I think you're a xenophobe, mate, but I just think that the quality of the player that we've been able to bring in from um from Europe has been fantastic and I I'm more than happy with that seeing the likes of uh of Roberto in the side as opposed to uh even to tonight. George even tonight when he will get a touch in the ball eventually <laughs> um versus let's say a, a George Boyd who's a, as Mike said a probably a, a top championship player what I did love more. from George Boyd was Watford got a a free kick just before the 45th minute, 46th minute, and the ball's about to come in. The most dangerous moment that Watford have had in the whole game. And there's George Boyd doing his, what's it called? His Alice, Alice, Alice band. band. Fiddling around with that. I mean, an element of jealousy there, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I think, to, to be honest, that probably sums up how we've been playing. He, he knew that there was absolutely no threat from that whatsoever, <laughs> given how we played for the previous 44 yeah. minutes. Right. Um, so... Right. Uh, we've got we've got a <laughs> right. Uh, second half is coming up, and hopefully we get back to chat about the game um, later on. Uh, it'll be a very different <laughs> second half. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. So success is on, Jason. You wanted to happen at half time. Uh, is this game going to change? I, I unfortunately, <laughs> I think it might be a goal too late. Yeah, two um, two nil now. <laughs> It's now 2-0, which, as Mike said before, it makes it uh, a lot easier for them to sit back and just contain us now. Uh, they don't need to put us under any pressure. Having said that, they got a free kick here, so it'll probably be 3-0 in a minute. Okay. Um, but the gaps that I thought might appear um, at 1-0 when there's still half mm. a game to go might not necessarily be there for no. success now that it's 2-0 with half an hour to go it'll be interesting to see the impact he does make I think is this the longest he's had in a game yeah it must be his, um, his, his sort of energy and directness I think he'll be looking to pick the ball up maybe come deep and pick the ball up and, and drive on so I think it's a you know it's a positive move I mean, really we haven't got much to lose at 2-0 at down with, with half an hour to go so um, and you know now all the fouls are starting to go against Watford and there's definite definite frustration there it just has the feeling of you could kind of tell in the first 10 minutes when the ball was ricocheting around in defence it was pinballing around a bit the the usually fairly calm um, Britos and Cathcart and Prada were sort of getting themselves in a bit of a in a bit of a tiz and it's just had that feel about it all night hasn't it um, but yeah I'm interested I think the good thing about success coming on is it's a uh, it's a bold positive move um, and at least we're trying to have an impact on the game Matsari is not sitting down and waiting to see what happens to us he's trying to he's trying to change the game um, although, crikey, sorry, offside there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after that, so at least at least there's that, and it'll be interesting to see half an hour. Can he can he have an impact on the game? But quite frankly, Watford need to shape up defensively because after we've had three or four good minutes after straight after half time, but then apart from that, it's been it's been all Burnley. It's uh, it's a difficult watch still. Yeah, um, one man just gave away a foul for being a bit too strong and bolshy. Hmm. Uh, uh, Troy Deeney um, the talk again is really kicked off this week about him uh, possibly playing for for England or getting a call up for England of course it's something we want to see of course it'll be proud and it'll be a fantastic thing for to, sh- to sh- you know, really show how far 
Troy has come from his extended summer holiday he had with the Queen. Um, well, no, not just at that. Her pleasure. Not just that. I think it's important not to not to identify Troy as just this guy who went to prison. No, 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 no. But because no, no, no. But more on. improve more important than that, he wasn't a great footballer before that. He wasn't. You know, he has incrementally got better from uh, a, a very sort of. Not lacklustre, but he didn't make a huge impact when he first joined from Watford. Okay, he he had to play in different positions. He hasn't always, you know, he's out wide a bit and has played a striker. But I think the the thing that I think everyone knows about what happened to, to to Troy in terms of going to prison and learning his lesson, and you can't you can't argue that that has that hasn't been a, a huge um, factor in his his career and his life turning around. But his his career trajectory has been a steady upward thing, and I think. We need to not we need to not define him by that stay that prison spell for too much longer oh. because he's actually worked hard at his game as well and worked really hard at his football um, and he wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the work he did before that yeah and after it does that does that make sense yeah yeah, I? yeah yeah it does and you just said all that and he's just missed a free and I I thought he looked a bit offside but now he's no, onside he's oh he should do better it was a difficult angle but he didn't, was, get, any, didn't get any power on it. So, you know, Jason, the last... Um, let, 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 can you do your best Sam Allardyce? Get into character of Sam Allardyce. Um, Harry Kane's out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other players that he oh, picked uh, up front before were Rooney, or as strikers. Was it Rooney, Sturridge and... Vardy. Vardy. Are you, are you putting... Would you be putting in Troy Deeney? Are you thinking I, someone like Defoe, who happens to have a past relationship with Sam Allardyce? Who are very, very different strikers. Yeah. And it and it depends what he wants from his squad. Um, and I think Your Deeney, squad, Deeney, Jason. Your squad, Jason. Sorry, my squad, Sam. Yes, yeah, Sam. Yeah. Sorry, Sam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Deeney, Deeney does bring something different. And I always used to like seeing Peter Crouch in England squad because I used to think he used to bring something different. Um, and... Trying not to be biased and with sort of yellow tinted glasses on, um, I would like to see him being given a crack. Now, Big Sam was at the um, Watford Man United game. That's the real Big Sam, not me, <laughs> with my Sam disguise on. And he would have seen a decent, oh, oh dear, a decent Deeney performance that day. Who's Has he had a great chance? Side? I think he's been given off. Has side. he? Or was it a court? They say corner. I think they say corner. Well, I think it definitely went out. Oh, no. It's yeah. Corner. Sorry, my buff sign. Um, and had he scored then there, that would have been great timing. <laughs> unfortunately. So, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see him in. Okay. But, Mike. Yeah. You're now Sam Allardyce. All right. <laughs> um, are you... Is he going to get anywhere near, not just starting, but getting off the bench if he was... Just a straight replacement for for Kane in those in those four. Yeah, well, you don't, I don't think he can be a straight recla- replacement. No, 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 but like in the, in the squad. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, you still had, you still had Vardy. You still had Rooney. You still had. Sturridge. Yeah, I think I think he would. I think he would. I don't think anyone gets into a squad and isn't. Oh, isn't oh. Uh, Isaac's success has been just been booked here. He said he was going to be direct and have an impact on the game, and he he's won a foul and given one away now. Troy, I think, would be a worthwhile addition to the England team and I think he would be in a chance with a chance of playing as Jason said he brings something different um, he's tough he's probably a bit more robust than um, than some uh, some England strikers that we, we've currently got um, but what I've in talking about England and the fallout after the Euros um, why isn't I'd like to see someone like Rashford 
getting a run out now in the qualifiers because mm. the argument at the moment is he's too young, he's doing all right in the under-21s. Well, in two years' time, he'll be two years older and that's when we'll be playing in the actual tournament. So what better chance than to get him involved now, get him used to international football, home and away. I'm sure perhaps there's some pressure from Manchester United not to, not to play him, but he's obviously going to be the future. He should be playing. So as far as I can see... I'd be surprised, and again, they're very different players. We're not comparing apples with apples, but if I was Sam Allardyce, that would be my excuse to bring in Marcus Rashford as a, as a replacement for Kane. Um, I think Troy Deeney is going to be putting pressure on for at least the rest of this year. Uh, I think as long as he continues to, to perform for, for Watford, he will catch the eye of the, the England management because uh, if you're an English striker in the Premier League and you're scoring goals, you're always in with a chance. Um, so if he was in the squad, would he get a game? Yeah, I think, I think he'd get game time. My personal opinion is that I think uh, he'll probably go for Rashford instead. But I echo what you said earlier. It would be, and I know that everyone has fallen out of love with England and, and some people have a, a difficult relationship with international football. But to see Troy Deeney play for England would be, oh, yeah, yeah. Would be magnificent. I'd really enjoy it and I'd be very proud. Talking about England and sort of fans falling out of love with the England mm. side. And one of the things we've sort of been talking about at work is um, would you put championship players in the England squad because they'd have a bit more fight and they'd be up for it and they'd be there for the game not just for the for the money um, I, think, I think and so you sort of, sort of say you could almost compare that to this game and we've seen Burnley aside just come up from the championship with their championship players showing a lot of fight mm. and our premiership obviously stars I can do that on here because like, <laughs> you can see it. when I do on a podcast it doesn't work um our guys with a bit more premiership experience and that top flight experience not quite wanting to do it on a cold, wet, rainy night in Burnley. Yeah, yeah no, I don't. But, you could, but I think we, I think what I, what I do want to see from Big Sam and why I would like someone like Troy Dini in that team isn't I don't want to completely change the England team from Premier League players to Championship players, but you want a few. You want a few in there at least in the next couple of squads. Well, something is obvious. Something needs to change with that England setup. It's been it's been rotten for for far too long now. I mean, coasting through coasting through qualification and then without fail stinking out tournaments. Absolutely stinking them out. I was in Brazil and the, and, and they couldn't have been happier to see England knocked out. They thought it was hilarious because we were so feeble. Um, South Africa before that, the two European champions. It's, it's been beyond woeful, so something needs to change. And I'm absolutely, having watched championship football for most of my football sporting life, these aren't these are no mugs. These are players that can these are players that can perform. Certainly, the top end of the championship. So yeah, why not? Well, absolutely, why not? I think we spoke to Ray Lewington, didn't we, at the um, one of the great tales from the Vicarage events. Don't forget to get your oh, you can't get your tickets. No, it's all out. Yeah, maybe check eBay or or speak nicely to to Lionel or Adam and see what can happen there. But uh, we spoke to Ray Lewington um, at the one before last, and he yeah. said, yeah, they've been very close to, to 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 calling up a number of Championship players before. So something needs to happen with England, um, and you do feel that that Troy would um, give them that little bit bit extra. So yeah, I'd love to see him in that in that squad. Always believe in your soul. You got the power to know you're indestructible. Always believe in You're listening to From the Rookery End. The sweet taste of success. success. You can't can't use that. 
catchphrase with no. success on the pitch and he's on a losing team um, right so uh, that's it full time uh, Burnley 2 Watford 0 um, let's sort of try and figure this one out do we have to? not sort of can I um, go home? <laughs> no not yet um, first of all we've had a, a couple of uh, bits on Facebook uh, coming off uh, Paul Jason Paul Goss said uh, as much as we deserve the win against United we have deserved nothing today Let's hope it's a one-off. Yeah, I absolutely totally agree with Paul there. We, we deserve the win against United. We deserve nothing tonight because we were so poor. Um, let's hope it's a one-off. Let's do. And I think the guys have got a chance to prove that it's a one-off when they come up against Bournemouth on Saturday. Was it, Mike, a good... A bad Watford? A good Burnley? Burnley set their stall out early set the tone for the game. Watford never, ever got into it. So we were just talking to Jason before we before we started this section of the podcast. And I said, is it too simplistic to say that Burnley played well? And yeah, it is, because Burnley did play well. They obviously had a plan for what they wanted to do, flood the midfield, deprive of any space, not let us settle, which they did very well. But, um, you know, I'm stealing what Jason said, but it's absolutely right. Watford should have the ability with the players we've got to, to deal with that. Because we're going to come up the, with up, up against, but no, no disrespect to Burnley, but kind of come up with better players with more tactically advanced plans than we came up against tonight, and they're going to have to deal with it. And the reason we've signed these good players is to have uh, a solid, sturdy defence, to have pace where we need it, to have guile where we need it, and to have strength and, and finishing ability up front. And no, no, none of those stages, no part of the of the team unit, no part of the of, of those three sort of. Um, uh, parts of the team ever got into the game never did did their job correctly um, and therefore the whole thing fell apart Watford were never ever ever in that game and you have to lay that at the, at the, um, at the feet of Watford Matsari tried to change it he changed it at half time he brought um, Zuniga on and, and changed the formation I think he basically went to a, to a, to a flat back four and initially showed some positive signs I think it looked like we looked very much more solid we've 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 been very um, positive about how that fluid 3-5-2 has given us a a solid base to attack but that what just wasn't the case in the first half all of a sudden for two or three minutes of the second half that's how bad it was we're looking at two or three minutes as a yeah. as a highlight but, but that's and we had a solid base but that was the only only period that Watford looked anything like threatening and then of course what did they do the ball goes down the other end yeah. Britos gets himself in a pickle in the middle a, a dreadful challenge um, just as bad as Holobas's pathetic effort in the middle um, for the first goal and 2-0 down we said at half time at 1-0 it's going to be very very interesting to see what Burnley do uh, will they sit back and, inv- and and get and give us more opportunities? They got another one straight away, and you know it's, it's never game over, but it was as game over as it, as it could ever be after fifty minutes, wasn't it? And very very disappointing. But overall, I think it's important to say that Watford had an excellent start. That is by far and away their worst performance of the season. Yeah, what was most disappointing about it, I think, was the fact that the, the two goals were set pieces or second phase from set pieces, yeah. and I think. Um, Rich, who sits next to you, John, said last week about how much more of a physical presence our side is this season. So to to then not be able to defend two set pieces properly and the ease with which Holobas was, well, I think he moved himself out of the way. Uh, yeah, if then... you see Holobas's position when the when the ball in is kicked mm. and then the Holobas's position when the actual header goes in... Mm. He's he's curled up on the floor in the fetal position. He's yeah. eased himself out of harm's way, basically, hasn't he? James? And then Britos, yeah, and then Britos just sort of got turned basically for the uh, 
for the second one, and and that's that's very very disappointing. Well, if that doesn't happen, then we might have got away with a nil nil. Especially the way that that, that Pradle and those defensive guys have handled that oh. sort of stuff really well. You know, West Ham um, in that other away game when we went two nil down against a team in Claret and Blue, we mopped that their sort of fairly blunt efforts at uh, attacking. Um, after the after the first two goals, obviously, really, really well. We looked composed, calm. We were nodding it away. We were we were making decent passes out. We were keeping the ball flying. In. And you know, Pruddle looked looked good when he came on in that game. He played really well against Man United. But again, even he looked scrappy. I think he was the best of a bad bunch back there today. But even he looked a little bit. Um, and perhaps he was, but you know, the, the nature of the game and the, the way that the others were performing makes it difficult for you. But I think the the way that we work and this we we say it again this sort of fluid formation it does depend on everyone doing their job and everyone slotting in where they need to positionally being on point and also putting the hard yards in and making the ball count when we get it didn't happen at any stage today thoroughly thoroughly disappointing and I'm, I'm despondent it's it's gutting because it was a you know we we as a, let's be clear a lot of us said this is going to be the starting point for our season because we're going to struggle to get points from those first five games having done it we give ourselves a great springboard. We know it's going to be difficult. Let's test ourselves. This is a real early opportunity to say we're going to make a real good fist of this difficult second season in the Premier League. And we've come away with, really, with more more answers, I mean, more questions than we've, we've, we've had answers. Because I saw these next two, this game and then the Bournemouth game, as almost season-defining. Because last year, when we beat Liverpool 3-0, we, were to, you know, we, we rode that wave for a couple of weeks, but then very quickly... Um, it all started to fall apart, um, and after you know beating a week out of out of their you know a weak West Ham team, and then a slightly all over the place Man United team, it was to go and play Burnley and to beat them, um, not necessarily convincingly, but to beat them, and then Bournemouth, you know, a side that you know you would deem to be similar to us from last year, then to do something against them. You hope that. The Man United game, the team say to themselves, we can do this, we can beat these big boys, and this is the wake-up game that actually West Ham so far haven't, have had, but done nothing about. No, I think, I don't, I think it's, I think that's too simple to say, a wake-up, that's, that's feeble, isn't it, really, to think that... um... They shouldn't. They, this this should game should have been. They should have gone into it in it with as much confidence as they did with Man United and West Ham, but with as much focus, if not more, to to to, to drive home that advantage. These guys are professional footballers playing in what's supposed to be the best league in the world. You shouldn't need a wake up call. You should be. You know. You think about United under Fergie or Man City under Pep this season. They won't be losing to the, the the lesser teams because their sort of te- their focus isn't isn't hundred percent. There's absolutely no excuse for you have off off days. I mean, we're Watford sports. We've seen more off days than we've had on days. Let's let's you know let's not get too over the top. But they didn't play well, and I think you know I'm I'm one hugely. I'll I'll stick up for Watford and I'll I'll try and find excuses. And you know we can sort of half joke and say yeah we saw this coming. We beat the tough teams and then go away to a, a to perceived lesser mm. side. And, and and throw it all away, which is a very Watford thing to do. But it's not really good enough for, for for that group of players who are, I think, markedly better than what we had last year. Um, we've built ourselves an excellent platform, and we've we've kind of given it away there. A podcast by Watford fans for Watford fans. This. 
is from the rookery end. A lot of people have talked about Igalo and success. And I, I think it, it's worth having a change up front. Mm. I know the words, the word undroppable has been used already about Igalo, whether he is or whether he isn't. Why not drop him? Why not show the guys up front? They had, an, they had it easy last season, to be honest, because there wasn't really anyone challenging them. And when their form dipped in that half of the season, we had to stick with it. Um, and it was tough for them last season because they mm. didn't have the support they were expected to do a lot. Um, now they've got help, they've got support. The, the midfielders have got more of an attacking role. Um, so there should be no excuses for poor, for poor performances from them. But I would say, Jase, so, that, that, that Igalo tonight I don't think was any worse than anyone else. And I think very quickly we can see we've been we've been live on Facebook tonight and live on, on Periscope and he's been the name that's come up more that more often than not. What do we do about him? Why, why is he still on the pitch? Why, shouldn't, why, isn't he, why doesn't he get dropped? And, you know, teams, players, strikers in Premier League football teams go longer than six, seven games without scoring and without looking at their absolute best, without, without just sort of being booted out of the team. He's, he's proved himself, I think, how, how valuable he is. We know what sort of a player he is. Mm. He needs the ball in the right areas. And he didn't get it tonight, so I don't think to 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 isolate um, Igalo on tonight's performance is is unfair. I think if what you're saying is we need a fresh injection to freshen up the whole side, then that's different to dropping Igalo. If you see what I mean, yeah. that's changing the team. So changing it rather than the, the words, but you know the semantics. I, mean? I know, I know. What but, you mean. Well, but, I was but dropping gonna... him seems more like a punishment yeah. for, a, for for a crap performance, and I think that's unfair. I was going to follow up with: Sorry. Could it be? We, we, Igalo has been pointed out here because he's had so many touches of the ball that have, have sort of been way late tonight. But then is that because he's been involved more in the in the game than uh, than Dini and Pereira? Pereira yeah. got hooked quite rightly because he got booked for yeah. being petulant and, and then tried to do it again. Did another? Uh, there was another bad foul from him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, his performance wasn't wasn't great. Barami again, not a great performance from him. His passing was sloppy, mm-hmm. um, missing tackles, yep. not great. There's a, a comment uh, just came up there about Igalo, and it's not just about tonight. What do, what, what do you think of that? I think that's right. I don't think I think it'd be wrong to to base it on tonight. And I think I was guilty of it against Manchester United. I think I was very critical of him. I thought he had a had a poor game, but, but then going away and watching it. He, he worked hard and he was instrumental in a lot of in a lot of the good stuff that Watford did. And I think Watford are used to seeing from Igalo the scoop and the goals. That's what we've been treated to for the last. You're right. He tailed off the, the tail end of last year. They all did. They all went bloody missing. Quite mm. frankly, they they mm-hmm. blame Kike, blame whoever you want. They were they were naff for long long periods of last season, um, and and Igalo suffered with with the rest of them. Um, so. I'm in two minds. I don't think he's been, I don't think he's been out of form enough to say right. He should be punished by being removed from the side. I think a different way to look at it is we've perhaps seen enough from Isaac's success that his direct play, his ability to take a man on, and perhaps what didn't go for Igalo tonight was when he's having to go deeper to pick up the ball. Mm. That was when it was bouncing off him and he looked like he couldn't trap a bag of cement. Um, whereas he got um, Isaac's success has shown that maybe he is more that sort of player where he can pick the ball up and, and take mm. it forward and, and create something. And really, the only, th- the only chances that did were created were from success getting the ball and moving down the, the wing and, and putting two decent balls in. So I, underst- I totally understand it, and I don't think and no one's undroppable. I think that's, that is a, a ridiculous 
notion. I just don't, I just don't think that Watford are anywhere near a situation where they have a player who's been mm. beyond dropping. Um, you know, both Dini and Digallo were dropped last season, and for me, it's simple. If you're not performing, you're not going to get in the team. And the beauty of this year is that we have got a better squad, so then they'll be aware of that. Um, so it's a really interesting one. I think he gets singled out because when we don't, you know, when we don't play well, we don't score. And it's either it's going to be Iggy or Troy who's going to get the the brickbats for that. And but again, given the way we're set up this season, when they don't score, there are other players now that can score. Look, at obviously Kapu. Yeah. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be them. But he was anonymous again tonight as well. I thought. Mm. So mm. you know. The, but like we said, yeah, they all. So a lot of them were. It's almost one from a performance point of view. They have to they have to scrub it. But that's Matsari, and I guess that's the question that we need to answer. Matsari needs to decide whether, right bollocks to it it's gone let's forget about it let's build on what we were working on let's go back to what we did against United West Ham the better things about Arsenal the, the good performance at, um, you know we should have beaten Chelsea got a great point at Southampton let's go back and, and you know we we don't need to throw away the start of the season just because of one crappy result against uh, Burnley you know it's on and it's come through on, on Facebook and Periscope that that was mirror image of the Swansea performance mm. last year and it was what we need to make sure is that the reaction is better uh, and that's the decision we have to make. Do we need wholesale changes? My opinion, as it stands, would be no. I think that formation has worked well for us in the main. I think Burnley had to play a certain way because they've, they've got their own limitations. The obvious concern is if a team with limitations can shut us down so easily, you know, what can someone else do? I don't think Bournemouth would be interested in doing that. They're going to look to play football um, like we will. And I think we might see one of the better Watford-Bournemouth clashes um, that we've seen in recent years uh, this coming weekend. Another 6-1 would be nice. Yeah. It would, wouldn't it? We need to bounce back. We need to bounce back. And, you know, Matsari is going to have to earn his money this week. Interesting point from James Coney, who said uh, Kabul needs to come in for Britos for Bournemouth. Um, again, yeah, Britos was poor tonight, but what? Well, one of the centre-backs is going to get sent off. So who are we going to be, who are we going to happy to be without for, <laughs> for three games? Who's going to be the sacrificial lamb? Right, Kabul hasn't, what happens his debut was against Arsenal, wasn't it? But in a in a very much changed back three. I thought he yeah, struggled in that much. game. Um, I think he grew into the West Ham game, yeah. and uh, so I'm not a hundred percent. I'm not a hundred percent taken with. I think he's a great signing. Don't get me wrong. I think he's great to have in the side. I think the guy for me who's looked a little bit out of his organised um, self has been Cathcart this year. I don't think he's. Mm necessarily hit hit the hit the heights he has but the problem with Britos is I think he's a great footballer and I think he is a great defender he switches off far too often um he gets he gets caught out and there's this we've seen a couple of sloppy balls tonight mm. we saw a couple last week and you know they're, they're a bit of a theme so they've all got their kind of um little foibles aren't they those those I think I think Perdle's been the most consistent um, when he's when he's been on the pitch, um, I love Britos as a footballer. I think he's great to have on the mm. field. Um, Kabul, you kind of know what you're going to get. Prudel, you know what you're going to get. Um, and Cathcart just doesn't seem to be quite as confident for not me. Playing that out wide, yeah. When he's just area. on the ball, he just seems to be a little bit more hesitant and some making the wrong decisions as the occasional under hit ball. Um, and again, I think we, we you know we're all, we're all miserable because we've, we've just been thumped basically by Burnley. And I think we, we've got to be careful not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. It has been a good start, and, and everyone has performed well up until tonight. I think you know all of them were you know I guess five out of tens tonight. I'd I'd probably say. Um, so make it that what you will. But I think when this happens, it's the reaction that's the most important yeah. thing. 
Let's see what that reaction is. Uh, come next Saturday uh, at home to Bournemouth. Um, we'll do another podcast then. Uh, thank you much uh, for listening. Uh, do uh, subscribe via iTunes uh, if that's what you do with your iPhone or uh, any other sort of uh, podcast catch that you might use. Uh, thank you to everybody who's interacted uh, via Periscope or via uh, Facebook. Uh, we might do some more videos. Do we have faces that really want you to do more videos? We'll make your decision on that one. Um, uh, but it's a 2 0 defeat away at Burnley. It's a slightly low key, but come on, you horns! Be better, Watford. Be better. <laughs>